This podcast is a presentation of Indianola First Assembly of God Church. For more information, please visit us online at indianolafirst.com. Praise the Lord. I am so glad to be here today. I'm glad you are all here. What an awesome day to come and be in this house. Amen? And uh, just excited to be with God's people. We started a series a couple weeks ago, or actually last week. It just seems like a couple of weeks, right? This has been a crazy, crazy beginning of the year. But last week we started a series entitled Disciplines of the Faith. And really this is a series um, about training ourselves. Training ourselves. I talked last week a lot about athletes or a little bit about athletes and, and how they train themselves to win a prize. And the prize is temporal at best. And uh, we have the opportunity to train ourselves in godliness, in holiness. And sometimes we just don't do it. For a number of reasons, but uh, we uh, we need to uh, obviously train ourselves in those things and be reminded to do so. Being passionate enough about our relationship with Christ that that we're willing to put in the time and the effort to train in those disciplines of the Christian faith that make us strong in that relationship. And uh, one of the things that that I think is important for us to remember why. Uh, we need to train ourselves in the disciplines of the faith is what first timothy 4 1 through 2 says it says but the spirit explicitly says that in latter times some will fall away from the faith paying attention to deceitful uh spirits and doctrines of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron so in the last days, some are going to fall away. And you know, you know what's interesting? You can't fall away unless you had it to begin with. So he's talking to the church here. He's not talking to the world, per se. He's talking to those that are in the church, that know the truth, that have experienced God, that know that, that what it means to have him come into your life and change everything. They'll fall away. Why? I believe because of the disciplines that weren't practiced and the foundation that was not laid. 1 Timothy 4, 7a through 8 says, Train yourself for godliness, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And this training is so important, as, again, as we move closer to the end of this age, the more difficult it's going to be to ride the fence the closer we get to Jesus' Jesus's return. You understand that, right? Nod your head and go, yeah, I understand that. It'll become difficult to ride the fence. To kind of do that thing where you look like a Christian and you act like a Christian and you're at church on Sunday mornings, but when you dig down in deep into, into your life, there's really no foundation whatsoever. The closer we get to when Jesus returns, the more it's going to be difficult to ride that fence. And you're going to have to choose. Training ourselves in godliness is practicing those disciplines of the faith that assure we will have a strong enough foundation when the storms of circumstance and even storms of persecution, which most of us have never experienced, maybe just a little bit, but nothing like our brothers and sisters overseas. I mean, I, I think about the Christians being killed over there. And, you know, it's so far removed from us that sometimes we go, oh, that's sad, you know. 
But folks, th that could happen here. I mean, I think about how pastors in Africa, just fairly recently, I think I shared this before, but just real recent, there was uh, militant uh, Muslims that came in, radical Muslims that came into the church as they were worshiping together and they took the pastor and his family outside and they made them dig graves and then they hacked them to death with machetes threw them in the graves while the congregation watched i hope you don't have to watch that with me and you know we're thankful for our government we're thankful for the freedoms we have here but that freedom can be taken away who is going to have the foundation that it takes to endure the storms of, of circumstance, which we, we know what that is, but the storms of persecution. That's why many will fall away in latter times. They don't have time for that. Man, I love the God thing. I love all that it gives me. I mean, I got friends in church. I want the blessing of God. I want, I want that, that, that hope that, that heaven is with me. But boy, if it starts getting difficult, man, I'm ditching Jesus in a New York minute. My job is to get you ready. My job is to prepare you, to help you, encourage you to, to lay strong foundations. And that's what this series is all about, Disciplines of the Faith. And last week we, we talked and we went over the first discipline, living a life of prayer. Not just having a prayer time, not just carving out that, that time to pray in your schedule. As good as that is and it's important and, and keep doing it, but it, it, it's more about, a life of prayer is more about having an ongoing conversation with God. A prayer without ceasing kind of life. Where God's just involved in everything you do and everything that you are about. He's just always there. You're saturated in his presence, so to speak, in prayer. And today I want to cover another discipline of the faith. And before I say this, I, I want to applaud this church for getting after it in prayer this week. Way to go. Give yourselves a hand for that. Amen. I mean, people were in here praying all the time in the prayer room. I loved it. Pastor Bryce, thank you for leading all that up. We appreciate your efforts in that. You know, there's just a lot of prayer that went forth. And guess what I think? We haven't even scratched the surface of what we could do in prayer. But I love the fact that we've gotten started this year at really, really making prayer a little more centerpiece in our life. But today I want to cover another discipline of the faith, and it's living a life of the Word. When I was 15 years old, I, I gave my heart to the Lord, and I went to a church that had a youth group, and they had a Bible quizzing team where they basically would ask the kids questions and they would buzz in with a buzzer. And uh, I wanted to get involved with the church, so I signed up. Uh, the only problem was I knew absolutely nothing about the Word. And I figured my, my way in was to memorize the scripture that they were going to study, and nobody could beat me then. And as it turned out, uh, when the questions were asked, I had absolutely no idea what they were talking about and failed miserably. Fast forward 30 years, and I was laying in bed listening to the book of Revelation play on my phone and there was this scene that was told about uh, the throne room and there were four magnificent beasts and 24 elders that stood around and the Bible says there were 10,000 times 10,000 angels there singing a new song 
to the lamb that was in the midst of them. And I, the, the picture was so real to me and the presence of God was just so strong. I said, I want to remember this. I don't ever want to forget this. I want to be able to recall it anytime I want and, and feel God's presence this way. And so I did. I, I memorized that chapter of Revelation and I realized the first time that I dug into God's Word, it was to learn about His Word. The second time I dug into His Word, it was because I wanted to know God. So I realized that um, for me, scripture memorization was a strategy that would help keep the Word center in my life. And uh, an interesting thing about scripture memorization is that to not forget it, you have to repeat it periodically. So I have a 40-minute commute to work, and every morning I would start, as I pulled out of the driveway, reciting everything that I had memorized. And it's amazing what it does to your day when you're just letting the Word pour out of you. And usually by the time I get to work, I'm a wreck. My eyes are red and bloodshot from crying all the way to work. One of the maybe greatest benefits of that is that I would notice that there were patterns and similarities between scriptures and it occurred to me that I was actually learning about the nature and character of God myself. I didn't have to rely 100% on what somebody told me about God. I was actually finding out for myself how God thinks about certain things and how he responds to certain things. And um, I would say that having his word in my heart is a treasure that nobody can take away. That's awesome. Who's married to that man? I mean, you're a lucky woman. Not just because he's dashingly handsome. I mean, he's a, he's a man of the word. And I love that. I couldn't say it better myself than what that video did. I, I want to make a statement to you uh, and, and I want to make it, I just want to make it very clear to you that's what I'm trying to say make it very clear to you this morning and hear me church you cannot have a relationship with Jesus Christ apart from his word and without a relationship with Christ there's no hope of heaven did you hear what I said no relationship with Jesus no heaven no word of God in your life, no relationship. Are you making the connections? Without his word, there is no relationship with him because they are one in the same. John 1, 1 through 2 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Who's the word? Jesus is the word of God. We just celebrated Christmas when the Word of God became flesh. Jesus is the Word of God personified, okay? You have to understand this. He and the Word are one and the same. You cannot separate them. You absolutely cannot. Why do you think that the Bible, the Word of God, has come under so much attack throughout the centuries? It's because truth lies within its pages. And when people hear the truth and they receive it, they are set free. Say, free from what? Free from all sorts of things. Free from what the devil and what sin has taken away from us. 
The word of God will always be the centerpiece. And I want you to understand this, of this church, of our services. That's why this pulpit, this music stand, whatever you want to call it, this Bible, it's why it's in the center of all that we do. Understand that of everything, out of everything that we do within these four walls, the Word of God must be at the source. It's eternal. And if you've made a decision for Christ, a real solid decision to live for Him and come underneath His authority, it's because you've been exposed to the Word of God, whether through hearing it preached or, or uh, picking it up and reading it yourself, or even listening to it, Read The word of God was part of your salvation at some point. It had to be. John 1, 1 through 3. I'm going to read the same two verses I just did, but I'm going, to, I'm going to add the third one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. What was made through the word? Everything. All things, right? What was made through Jesus? All things were created. They were made. They came into being. And we know that Jesus was right there with his Father as all things were being created. Without him, nothing was made that was made. The universe and all the stars and the planets and the moons, all of the earth and everything in it, every animal, insect, and bird, every person, all of it was created through Christ who was and who is the Word of God. The word creates. Turn to your neighbor and say the word creates. The word creates. And that creative power that is the very essence of Christ has not ceased in fulfilling its creative purposes. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things have passed, old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. You were formed within your mother, formed, created by him. And when you choose Christ and his gift of salvation, as Paul says here in 2 Corinthians, you are in Christ and you are now a new creation. The word of God, as it is heard and read and then applied continues to create Christ's image within you. It is his word that does this. It continually creates in you a new creation. It continually brings about the passing away of old fleshly things within you, and it forms and molds you into the image of Jesus. His word does that. And this is why it's absolutely imperative that we practice the discipline of living a life of the Word of God. And more than just reading it or listening to it 15 minutes a day, more than just carving out a time out of our schedule so that we can read pages, I mean, that's all good stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm not dissing that. Do it. Keep doing it. But to live a life where you are inundated with the Word constantly, it's kind of like prayer. It's not just a time. It your, becomes your whole life. Where when you are dealing with situations in the middle of the day. Does anyone have to ever deal with situations in the middle of the day? At work or at home or with family or with whatever, with traffic. Anyone ever deal with a situation with traffic? 
Anybody ever have something to say when you know that the people in the other cars can't hear you anyway? <laughs> Don't say amen to that. Say, oh, me. Yeah. We come up against these situations, these circumstances, these, these sometimes struggles. What comes out of our heart in those moments? What comes out of us? I should say it this way. What do we puke up? Garbage in, garbage out. That's what my dad used to say. And if we put the word of God down deep in our hearts, if we've spent a, not just a time, but, but our whole day just inundating ourselves with the word, that's what comes out in those moments. And you're not puking it out, it's just flowing out of you. And, I, you know, you can't preach something that you don't live. Otherwise, it won't be anointed unless you're honest. Someone told me that a long time ago. He said, "Never don't practice what you preach. Preach what you practice. Because then it will be anointed. And I'm like, oh boy, I can't preach much. He said, be honest and transparent. And then it'll be anointed even though you're not practicing it yet. And I'm telling you right now, I'm with you. I'm right there with you. Those situations come up and, whoa, that Irish-German nasty pukey thing comes out sometimes and i hate it because i don't want that to come out that's why god gives us a lot of time here on earth you know 50 60 70 80 90 sometimes 100 years sometimes more than that it takes a lifetime of the word to change that Living a life of the word. Constantly putting it deep down inside your heart all the time. And what, when I say don't, don't carve out a time in your day, I'm not saying don't do that. Do that. But sometimes you need to take one verse and just meditate on it for weeks. Weeks. I mean, you're thinking about it when you're driving your car. You're thinking about it when you're washing your hair. You're thinking about it when you're brushing your teeth. You're thinking about it when you're doing everything and you're just letting that 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 one verse maybe or that one little portion of scripture just roll over and over in your spirit and you're saying god squeeze that scripture squeeze all the truth out of it so i can know everything that there is to know about that verse and then when you think you've got that then a couple months you read the verse again and he shows you all this new stuff it's unbelievable how the word of god is living and it just never ceases to amaze me how deep it goes one verse and I, I guess what I'm saying is sometimes, church, we get into this mode where we have to read a chapter a day. We have to read our, our, our Bible uh, an, enough, 15 minutes a day or whatever it is, that we, whatever regiment we came up with. And if we don't, then we're just bad Christians. That's legalism, and it's crap. Don't stop reading the Word because you can't live up to your own expectations. That's legalism. Read the Word... But just do it all the time. And if it's just one verse, I mean, read it over and over and over and over and over and over and over until you get it. That's okay. It's like I read that one verse over and over. I never could get that guy's name. I love what Pastor Calloway said. He would say, just say Moses if you can't read the name. 
You know, there's a truth in that. Don't get hung up on all the details where it keeps you from reading. And it keeps you from getting that word down inside. You, you can't let those things get in the way. Satan knows if he can keep you from getting in the word, he can keep you bound. Because the word of God frees you. It will free you. What would the church look like if we spent the time we do on social media or watching television or any other forms of media in the word of God? I'm okay. Can, can, how long does it take to play 18 holes of golf? Depends how good you are, right? <laughs> I mean, when I play nine holes, I still play all 18 greens. You know? How long does it take to watch a football game? Two and a half, three hours? Unless you turn it off halfway through? How long does it take to do the things that we do? And I'm not dissing any of that stuff. Playing golf's great. You can, and you can meditate on the word even when you're playing golf. Probably most of us don't. And we're praying a lot. Lord, help me with this shot, you know? I wonder if we categorized our time, not for legalism's sake, but just as a picture, a, a window into what we think is really important. And if you took your time and you, and you, and you put it into, you wrote down everything you did every minute and you categorized it, how much would fall under discipline of the faith, whether it's prayer or reading the word? That's convicting to me. I don't know if it is to you. And even in church work, you're like, well, you get paid to read the word. You get paid to pray. Yeah, that might be true to some extent, but you can't believe how distracting this place is even during the week. The people that walk in that you need to help. Well, you're helping them. That's good. It is good. And I'll help them. But you know what? It cuts into your time, too. There's only so much time in a day. How many wish there was like twice the hours in a day so you could get everything done, right? The more time you spend in the Word of God, the more you're going to look like Jesus. The more time you spend in the Word of God, the more you're going to look like Jesus. Because the Word of God creates. And He will create in you a new creation. Yes, right away at salvation. But then every single time you spend time and you spend effort in his word, he's continually creating you. Creating you into what? Into his image. He's forming you, molding you, making you, and he's, he's bringing you into that place where you look just like Jesus. How many want to look like Jesus? I mean, I do. I want to look like him. Not necessarily physically, even though he was a good-looking guy and he probably a lot better looking than me. I want to look like him in his attitude, in his nature, in those first things that come out of your mouth. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. God breathed the scripture into those that wrote it. It teaches us. It rebukes us. How many have ever read scripture and it just rebuked you? How many have not read any further because it rebuked you a little too much? I've been there. 
Man, I'm putting that down because I just can't take any more rebuke. And then you pick it back up, and it's, it's a loving rebuke. It corrects us. And through it, we become trained in righteousness. We become trained in godliness. As our verse of this series says in, in, in Timothy. Psalm 119.11 Your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's what Don was talking about. As you treasure or hide the word in your heart, it will push out room for Satan to bring temptation to you. We said last week that a life of continual prayer conversation with the Lord doesn't leave much room for the devil to fill your mind with vain imaginations. Do you remember that? I think that is almost... A profound thing to say. You fill your life with prayer, it doesn't leave any room for vain imaginations. And how many know most of our problems are between our ears? Battlefield of the mind. And just as that's true about prayer and vain imaginations, it's also true that when you fill your heart with the Word of God, it pushes out any room for Satan to tempt. I mean, sometimes we pray, oh, Lord, take this temptation away. Please stop. Please don't let the devil tempt me anymore. I just can't take anymore. And he's like, fill your heart with the word and it won't even make a difference. If you're tired of continually falling to temptation, then fill your heart with the word of God, for goodness sakes. And it's example. This is exampled by Jesus himself. When, when, when he was tempted by Satan, what did he do? He quoted the word. He didn't pull out his cell phone and say, let me find a verse. It was in there. Isaiah 55, 10 through 11 says, As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I mean, you want everything God has for you? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Do you want what God has for you? I hope so. Then get in His Word. Because it doesn't return void. And it's not so much about, God, give me stuff. Make me stuff. It's, God, change me so that I am postured to receive all that you have for me. It's the Word that does the changing. It changes you. That's the agent that changes. We're the ones who change. word never returns void. It always accomplishes its purposes. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the tents of the heart. I mean, I know you know these verses, but what in the world could be so sharp that it can expose the very motives of one's heart? And sometimes it's such a fine line between good intentions and pride. The line between true love and selfishness can be so fine sometimes. The line between being truthful and deceitful or speaking in half-truths can be so fine sometimes. 
Yes, they're black and white in some ways, but in other ways, it's just right. The Word of God. As thin as that line can be sometimes, the Word of God is sharp enough to divide. And we should desire this within our hearts because the more the, the Word of God separates our worldly and fleshly motives from our godly ones, the more we are created and formed into the image of Christ. The church as a whole has been very good at turning the, the discipline of living a life of the word into religious duty rather than passionate seeking. Nothing wrong with reading through the Bible in one year. I'm not dissing that. I, I want to make that clear today. The more time you spend in the word, the better it is. That's a great thing to do. But there's also value in meditating on one verse or maybe one book of the Bible for an extended period of time. Meditating on it, praying over it, asking God to reveal the truth within it. I know people who started the one-year Bible, and when they missed a day, they made it up. And when they missed a couple more days later on, they, they made it up. And then they missed a few more days, they, they just couldn't make it up anymore. And, and then so they said, I failed, so I guess I'll wait till next year to try again. That's how dumb we think sometimes. That's how dumb we think. Like we have to wait for January 1st. I mean... Shoot low, Sheriff. They're riding Shetlands, you know? <laughs> it's like, really? When do you start becoming a person of the word? Today. Amen. Today. Well, I can't memorize like Don Putz. Who can? I can't. But I tell you what, I can, get a, I can get a couple of verses in my heart and I can let them roll around and roll around and roll around. You know, it's amazing. Say, God, show me. Show me a verse. Show me a verse that I need to see and just begin to read. I mean, some, I've seen people do this. They open the book and they go. And it's just what they needed. That doesn't work for me, by the way, but it works for some people. The point is, get in the Word, get in the Word, get in the Word, get in the Word, become a person of the Word. You know, I was, um, uh, I called Lowell Walker um, when he was up at the hospital, uh, must have been a couple months ago actually now, and I, I called him and I just said, uh, I, I, was, I was talking to Marilyn, and he was, I, I heard something in the background, and, and as I listened to Marilyn talk and I was talking, I realized what it was. Lowell was in the hospital bed quoting, praying out loud, but quoting the word of God. The word was just flowing out of his mouth as he was laying in the hospital bed. Now, compare that to somebody who's not maybe a person of the word. Oh, I'm in so much pain. Help me. You know. The negative things. I'm probably going to die. And there's Lowell having all sorts of issues in his body, and he's quoting the word. You know, I wasn't going to say this, but it, it, it's very true. If you work in a, in a home for uh, elderly people who begin to uh, lose their ability to filter what they're saying and 
you know, it's interesting, just things come out of their mouth that you, if you've done enough visiting, you know. <laughs> What's in the heart sometimes comes out. And I know there's sometimes medical reasons that things can be said and things can come out of their heart. and that, That's aside from this. But, but, you know, when they lose their filter, there's been men of God who can't stop talking, I mean, in ways you never would have dreamed they would have talked. There's women of God in some of those places who had nothing but, you would think, were just all wonderful and everything out of their everything in them was good, but when they lost the filter, garbage came out. Folks, we can fake it our whole lives. People have gotten really good at faking. But when the rubber meets the road, what's going to come out? Whether it's situational, maybe it's a medical reason, maybe you just get old, what's going to come out? It's what you put in. And some of us haven't put very much in. If your word of God time is, has been reduced to just this service, you are missing out. Because I certainly can't read enough scripture to give you enough for a week. You've got to do it yourself. The key is not how much you read or what method you use to read. The key is to let the truth get down into your very soul. Psalms 1, 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the one who, uh, blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take. Or sit in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. Which yield, yields its fruit in season. And whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. And I want some of that. Who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditate on his law day and night. Who just, man, just doesn't leave. You just live in that constant state of rolling the word around in your heart and in your mind and in your thoughts. Don't make it a religious duty. Christian, Christianity is a relationship with God. Let him recreate you through his word. Recreate. Continue to create. I always think it's interesting that recreation is also spelled recreation. So many of you are tired and you need recreation. You need a break, to rest, refuel, right? The Word of God can be your recreation when you make it your recreation, your source of recreation. It will always result that way because it doesn't return void. It recreates you. It draws you in to the image of God. I think living a life of the word goes hand in hand with your prayer life. Talking to God, listening to his still small voice, spend some time in his word. And I, and I see that in our prayer times, you know, as we're, we're praying on Tuesday mornings or, or, or uh, during this last week and all the times that we're going on. But 
people will be praying and, and then they'll take out the, the Bible and they'll read for a little bit and then they'll close the Bible and then they'll, they'll pray some more. And I, I think that's wonderful. That's just, that's just combining it all and making it, making it all and it, it, just part of your, 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 your time with God where you're just inundating yourself with it all. I don't know how people do it who don't understand prayer and who don't understand the word. I, I don't know how they do it. Make the word the very centerpiece of your life, church. Only good can come from it. You can never go wrong reading and filling your heart with the word of God. It will change you from the inside out. In fact, you can't fill your life with the word without it continually creating within you. You can't do it. You can't read the word. You can't spend time in the word every day, meditating on it day and night, and not have it change you. It will change you. And you won't be the same person you used to be. I got my uh, 30th, 30th class reunion coming up. That makes me old, right? I'm finally mature, right? And I'm going to try to get there. I don't know if I will or not. But I'm telling you what, they're not going to, I've not been to one yet. I've talked to maybe a handful of them, of my classmates since I was, I graduated. Very small hand handful but I wonder what it will be like when I go there and I'm just not who they remembered me to be and I know everybody changes some but I, I I'm completely different <laughs> completely different I, I don't take credit for that but somehow I disciplined myself and, and uh, followed the uh, you know, success principles or whatever you want to say to, to changing your life. The Word of God has changed me. You spend time in the Word and it does things. You, you, if you struggle with anger and temper, get in the Word of God. If you struggle with, the, with your mind falling into depression or, or, or just, just any kind of those conditions, get in the Word. If you struggle in your physical body, get in the Word. You struggle in your marriage, get in the word. If you're unforgiving, get in the word. See, all the answers are there. And what's going to happen is it's going to change you, and then all of a sudden you're going to go, oh, the aha moments, right? Nothing, nothing will change you like the word. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First Assembly of God podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest message.